Ladies and gentlemen, drivers, gig workers, and everyone in between. Welcome to this week in Rideshare Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Hoffa. It is Friday, May 12th, 2023. And this week, the top hits bottom, the fight for standards, and Lyft goes into flight. Legal Rideshare breaks it down. And of course, from Legal Rights Here, I'm joined by the co-founder and lead attorney, Brian Greening. Brian, happy Friday. Happy Friday, Jared. Great to be back. It is great to be back in this rainy day. What a great day to do a podcast and not enjoy this wonderful Chicago weather, right? <laughs> it's cozy. You know, it's a cozy it day for a podcast. It is. It's, you know, maybe some drivers have it right now in their car and it's, you know, help them with the rain maybe. I don't know. We can only hope. We can only hope. So let's get right into it. We're going to hit up with Monday. Drivers say the worst tippers are the rich. This is from Business Insider. They reported, quote, Ray, a 57-year-old Tampa Bay gig worker of seven years, um, basically had said that roughly one out of four of his riders tip and that those who do usually only leave a buck or two. Uh, He also said that customers uh, who appear to be wealthy are particularly poor uh, tippers. And he even said they have absolutely no problem paying for expensive meals at places where we pick them up, paying waiters their tips. And yet when they get in the car, you know, they're not even bothered to tip us, even when, you know, we're taking them home safe after drinking. Um, Brian, we've talked about this before. Tipping is not really an added bonus for drivers as much as it is a necessity to live off of this. Yeah, it's really unfortunate that people don't see rideshare drivers as tip-worthy, for lack of a better word. Uh, They just don't put them in the same uh, compartment as a waiter or even a taxi. I think tipping taxi drivers was commonplace, and maybe that's because you were using cash and there was the exchange in that regard. Um, But everybody needs to understand that Rideshare drivers rely on tips as a main source of income. The rideshare industry is not paying them enough. We're all aware of this. Um, it, you know, I, I certainly wish that Uber and Lyft were doing better, but we've got to be more generous and we've got to understand that this is the service industry and people deserve to make a living wage and people deserve to be taken care of for taking care of us. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I know they're Apparently, Uber and, and Lyft, I think in the past, have said, hey, we're trying to make it more encouraging, the tips and uh, tip during the ride. Um, I, I just think it's – I think it needs to be more obvious. I just think it needs to be more focused that, look, this is not – yeah, they need this. this is, you know, they're providing a service just like a waiter is, and they really need that that little extra – that little extra amount makes all the difference in the world. And every single driver I've talked to has said that. I have heard from drivers who are – more aggressive about it. And I use that word in in quotes. Um, They do better. So if you put up a sign in your car that says tips are appreciated, something along those lines, there's a good chance that people are going to remember to add a little something to the fare and and to push the tip button or pull a couple dollars out of their pocket. So I'm certainly not advocating that you get in people's faces because that will not go well. Uh, but if you can put a sign up, a little nudge never hurts. Totally agree. I, yeah, that's a good idea, and I have seen that, and it, it has reminded me, like, yeah, I, you know, I should tip, and I do. Um, there was one time where a driver literally turned around, he's like, give me five stars, tip me. Okay, that's <laughs> not what you do. Um, but, yeah, I agree with the encouragement. Get, get people to be aware of it. I think that's important. Um, let, let's head off into Tuesday. Scooters in Denver get an upgrade. 
This is from Nine News. They reported, quote, Lyft said the new scooter offers several features not included in its former or predecessor, including dual handbrakes, turn signals, a phone holder, and charger. Other features include a new 400-watt motor with a 50-mile battery range, new suspension system, uh, some anti-slip tread patterns, and a larger front tire for increased stability. Um, now, Brian, we I I think we both talked about this years ago. When I rode some of the first of these Lyft scooters, it I swear to you, I thought the, the handlebars were going to snap off. I mean, it was like a toy. Oh, my God. I was so nervous the first time I got on one. I can remember I was at a wedding in Cincinnati and probably had a, a couple too many drinks in me to be operating a scooter. But <laughs> I took one one like start on it. We, I just started going, and I immediately – felt like I was going to fall off and wreck it. Um, so the fact that we're talking about safety um, and safety enhancements on the scooters is a, is a very important and, and um, you know, good issue. Um, I love that there, you know, there's some cool features like a cell phone holder and that kind of stuff. But what I'm really looking at is turn signals. Um, what I am uh, really excited about is new tires that are going to help prevent sliding and uh, slipping on the roadways. So the fact that Lyft is taking safety seriously and putting out a, a better device that keeps riders safer is a very good thing. And, and I'm very, very happy to, to see that. Yeah. And I was going to ask you about this. I think this is really important. So you just brought up about the turn signals. Now, if a rider gets on a, a Lyft scooter and they, you know, they hit the turn signal button. The turn signal does not work, and they get hit and injured. Is there liability for lift on that, or how does that work? Uh, possibly. If there's some malfunction with the product that led to injury, I, I could see an argument to be made uh, that certainly the, the creator or of the scooter, the person, you know, the company that actually makes the scooters, I don't think Lyft is doing that, would bear some responsibility. Um, if Lyft failed to... Um, inspect the scooters to make sure that they were working properly or failed to maintain the scooters to ensure that they were working properly. I would absolutely bring that case on behalf of a scooter rider. And, and I think we'd have a, a winning argument. Well, that's good to know. So uh, scooter riders out there, if, if your turn signals don't work and you get hurt, legal ride share. That's where you go. Um, we're going to head off into Wednesday. You can now book a flight with Uber. This is from The Verge ads. Uber is launching a new flight booking tool for its UK customers as part of the company's wider efforts to expand into other travel markets. Hopper, a Canadian-based travel agency, and Uber announced his partnership to sell national and international flights through the ride-sharing app. Uh, they mentioned this on Wednesday. So Hopper says that Uber customers can book a flight, as they would with most travel platforms, by importing, uh, inputting their travel details, destination, and dates to uh, find their desired flights. Uh, so... Kind of cool. It's just showing again that Uber is expanding out and really trying to be the one-stop shop, as they always say. Yeah, I, I'm excited for the app, I, I guess I should say, because I, I think that any way that they can make more money and, and um, you know just make the app and the business stronger is definitely a good thing. As we've always said, we are fans of Rideshare. We want to see these companies succeed. What's good for the company in theory should be good for the driver. Um, so great if they can bring more traffic to their app and, and it makes it, you know, make a one-stop shop for all things travel. Uh, that's cool. Um, but I definitely, uh, would like to see them use some of this money that they're going to bring in to make conditions better for everybody, uh, throughout the platform. 
Uh, I don't I don't want to see them just pocket a little bit of extra revenue and keep things the same for drivers in terms of low wages, in terms of uh, less than desirable safety. Um, so it, it's kind of what we always say. What's good for rideshare is good for everybody as long as it's being shared. 100%. And it's something I want to get into on Friday story, but I'll hold on to that. Uh, let's head into Thursday. Um, should Uber be held to the same standards as taxis? Well, Legal Rideshare's very own Brian Greening thinks so. Now, this is from uh, from you, Brian. So I want to take a little snippet here that you said. Uh, you said, quote, by classifying these companies as common carriers, they would be legally required to ensure the safety of their passengers through such measures as comprehensive background checks, regular vehicle maintenance, and safety training for drivers. This change would provide greater protection for passengers and ensure that ride hail companies take their responsibility to provide safe transportation seriously. Uh, when I read this, uh, when you wrote this, I thought of the this phrase you always say, you're notorious for it online, is, you know, if rideshare isn't safe, it isn't viable. Um, and so if you want to just dive into more of, of what you're explaining here for our audience to, to understand what what's really happening. Yeah, I'd love to. It, this is something that we've talked about on past podcasts, and it's a really important issue in Illinois right now. So the Illinois legislature is considering a bill that would transform rideshare companies, legally speaking, into common carriers. And common carrier is a it's legal terminology that has very specific and important meaning. So things that are, um, you know, like public transportation, for instance, trains, buses, uh, taxi cabs are considered common carriers. These are uh, modes of transportation that the government has decided need to act in a more responsible manner than just the everyday driver. There's heightened responsibility and liability um, that is placed on these companies if things go wrong. So the standard common carrier has been um, not applied to rideshare companies in Illinois since they came into the market. And that was a result of heavy lob lobbying by the rideshare companies and frankly, just a lot of money poured into the, the market uh, to, to exclude them from that term. Um, right now, the Illinois legislature is looking at putting them into that category, which means they would have to take safety much more responsibly and, and uh, seriously than they previously had. Um, long story short, if this bill passes, rideshare will become safer. The reason being there is going to be big money on the line in terms of lawsuits that would come against the rideshare companies if they haven't done everything that they need to do to make rideshare as safe as it can be. So um, the incentive right now is cheap fares, lots of rides, uh, own the market. That's how Uber and Lyft are making their money. If this bill passes, the incentive is going to be safe rides so that they can keep the money that they are earning. Right. And and I think it's clear to point out what you just explained. This seems like it's not just a benefit for riders. I think this is going to be a benefit for drivers to have safety all around because just like you said, as soon as there's money on the line, things change. And with that idea of like, okay, well, now we're common carriers, you know, we're going to have to make sure that riders are safe. Ultimately, you're going to have to make sure drivers are safe. Otherwise, you're going to have the same issue. Um, it, it needs to be safe for everyone. And that's this, certainly this bill, we want to be clear. This bill is, is 
has the passenger in mind. That's who is protected by the common carrier status. But I think you're right, Jared. If we're focusing on safety in the vehicle, everybody's benefiting. So the drivers are going to have a safer experience as well. And that's one of the primary reasons why we're really pushing this. We, we see safety as imperative to, to have rideshare um, continue in our community, um, in, our, in our lives. Um, so let's take it seriously. Let's put forward and push forward this safety bill and make sure that rideshare is safe forever. Yeah, could, I couldn't have said it better myself. Totally agree. Um, we're going to keep talking about it until it passes. I think that's, it's just important to keep, keep tabs on that. Um, let's head into Friday. Lyft adds a new airport feature. Now this is from Gizmodo. They reported Lyft's new CEO announced the company is capitalizing on the opportunity to make travel as easy as possible by ensuring the requested ride is waiting as soon as the traveler walks out of the airport. So basically after landing at the airport, the traveler opens the app to call a car and will be met with a prompt asking if they have checked bags. Lyft will then match them with the driver, and instead of waiting for an uncertain amount of time after exiting the airport, a driver will instead be assigned to arrive as they get closer to the pickup location. I have some thoughts on this, but I want to hear what you think about this overall, Brian. I like the fact that they're trying to differentiate themselves from first Uber, second taxis. Uh, you know, I, the fact that for the, let me, let me start here. I thought one of the best things about taxis before Uber and Lyft came along was that, you know, you, you didn't have an assigned vehicle that you had to get into. You knew that as soon as you walked out of the airport, there was going to be a taxi there and you could get on your way and you could go. Then Uber and Lyft came along and certainly we love the service of being paired with a particular driver, and a lot of times the cars are more comfortable than the taxis were, and there were all sorts of perks. But one of the drawbacks was the airport experience in that you you always had these long wait times. You always had the, um, you know, you had to request the ride, then you're trying to find the driver, then it just becomes such a big hassle. And you're seeing the taxi sitting right there, and you're like, boy, I should just probably get the taxi and be right. on my way. Um, I like that Lyft is trying to solve that problem because Overall, I think rideshare is a better, more comfortable experience than the taxi experience. If rideshare companies can solve the airport problem, then there's no reason that they can't win the airport. So um, I like what Lyft is is thinking of doing here. I, I don't know that I don't know how that, how it's all going to come um, you know to play in practice and if it's going to work. But I think their their idea is in the right place. Yeah, I, you know, for the passenger, just like you said, like for the passenger, it's a huge win. And you're right, like I and every airport's so different. I remember race. I was somewhere racing up the stairs to try to find the weird parking lot to get the lift, um, and it was just it was nuts. It was just totally crazy. So I, I do think that's really that's good. That it solves a problem, I guess, because I have talked to so many drivers about issues with airports and deactivations. I'm actually concerned that if they're using this feature and let's say for some reason the Lyft driver is not there, maybe even a minute late, and that passenger then dings that driver like he wasn't there on time, you know, is it just going to scrutinize the Lyft drivers even more and make it even more likely for deactivations? I hope not. But, you know, I've, I've gotten so many calls about drivers who've had issues at airports and got deactivated over something out of their control. 
that's a really good point. We, from the driver's perspective, there needs to be uh, fail safes in place to ensure that they're protected. Um, we don't want to see passengers having the ability to, like you say, ding a driver rating or um, see a driver get a, a complaint uh, put against them. And just what you said made me think airports are also areas where drivers are at heightened risk of getting tickets. Um, there's all sorts of restrictions about sitting too long or, or parking in the wrong place. And um, we need to make sure that the cities are also on board with new policies that the rideshare companies are creating so that drivers aren't unfairly uh, fined or targeted in other ways um, as a result of this new policy. Yeah, no, exactly. So, you know, I would love to hear from you guys, your drivers, you know, shoot us a message anywhere, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, wherever you're at, uh, email us. Um, I just, I just like to know your thoughts. I, that, like I said, that's the first thing that came through my head simply because I've talked to so many drivers that have been deactivated over weird airport stuff. Um, so again, I hopefully it doesn't, maybe it'll be smooth and be great. I hope so. Um, just something to consider. Um, all right. Well, that is, that's all I have, but I'm going to give you the floor, Brian, before we head off to the weekend. Yeah. Before the, the weekend starts, we just like to remind everybody that legal rideshare is here and, and ready to assist. Should you be involved in an accident or injured on the job? Um, we've been around for nearly a decade now. We've helped thousands of drivers uh, recover everything from medical bills, wage loss, pain and suffering, any other damage that you can think of. Um, if an accident happens, time is of the essence. Don't wait. Give us a call. Um, you can find all our contact information on our website, LegalRideShare.com. Awesome. Thank you, Brian. And uh, one, click, one quick mention here. Guys, check out my new segment. It's called Driving Me Crazy. It's on YouTube. I pretty much just rant, so if you have something you want me to rant about, let me know. But as always, that is the end of this week in Rideshare. See you next week.